This morning we are continuing our study in the Epistle to the Hebrews, and uh, the title is uh, Warning About Falling Away. You Can Walk Away from a Wedding Unmarried. And uh, the word apostate is a word we don't usually use in our everyday language, but uh, let me define it for you. An apostate is a person who walks away from the Christian faith, which he or she knows, but walks away from that faith. Uh, When an apostate uh, becomes a teacher or a pastor in a church, then he can easily uh, lead other believers astray from truth and away from real saving knowledge of Christ. Uh, John MacArthur, Pastor John MacArthur, cites an example of a Christian college's professor who walked away from the Christian faith to join the faculty of USC, University of Southern California, which is in no way a God-honoring university. And this Christian college's professor walked away from the Christian faith to teach at USC. And there he worked on the faculty very hard to identify young people who were trusting Jesus Christ for salvation to try to dissuade them, discourage them, persuade them to walk away from Christ, the Bible, and the church. That is an apostate. That person is an apostate. And the passage before us today is Hebrews 6, 4 through 8. It's often misinterpreted passage, so we're going to take our time and care to look at it to try to interpret it properly. And so as you're turning to Hebrews 6, 4 through 8, uh, let me read the verses with you. They uh, will be on the screen as well. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucified themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. And I'll stop at the end of verse 6. So the question I begin with is who are those who have once been enlightened that are mentioned in verse 4? Who are they? Well, let me start by sharing with you who they aren't. They aren't the we of verse 3. Look at verse 3. has a we in it. And thus we shall do if God permits. The group cited as those who have once been enlightened are not equal to the we of verse 3. And who are the we mentioned in verse 3? Well, you go back to verse 1 and it has an us. Therefore, have, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us, there it is, press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And who are the thus of verse 1? You've got to go back to verse 14 of chapter 5 to find that out. And let's read that verse. But solid food is for the mature. Oh, it's the mature who are the us of verse 1 and who are the we of verse 3, but are not the those who have once been enlightened. So what we have here is that the warning of Hebrews 6, 4 to 8 is not to genuine, maturing, born-again believers. Instead, it is a warning to apostates, that is, persons who were exposed to Christ 
exposed to Jesus Christ's salvation, but who walked away from Christ, walked away from the gospel, walked away from salvation in Christ, unconverted. Hence the title of this message. You can go to a wedding and leave it unmarried. These people came to a place where they heard about the wedding of a savior to a sinner, and they walked away from that figurative wedding unmarried. They were apostate. Now, we need to consider the tragic state of being apostate because there may be some apostates that are viewing or listening to the sound of my voice. I don't know. God knows. But listen to what apostates are from other scriptures. Apostates are those with intellectual knowledge of the truth, but without saving faith. Apostates are the once convinced, but the never committed. Apostates are the professing, but the never possessing. Apostates know the language, the lingo of the church, but they do not know the Lord Jesus himself. I'm going to cite some scripture passages that if you're inclined to take notes, you may want to jot down these references for your future independent study. Still on apostates. Apostates deliberately and characteristically sin without any sorrow. Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. Apostates fall away from the possibility of liberty from sin's bondage by rejecting Christ. 2 Peter 2, 20 and 21. Excuse me, 20 to 22. 2 Peter 2, 20 to 22. Apostates fake conversion, but they're eventually exposed in their Christian character that is not present. In First uh, John 2.19, that's talked about. And, and by the way, the ultimate test of a true conversion, the ultimate test is endurance in the faith. The true Christian endures in the faith. The apostate, not real Christian, doesn't endure in the faith. They leave. Uh, Hebrews 3.14, if you want to study that for yourselves. Going on, apostates sneak into assemblies often unnoticed. They look like Christians. They talk like Christians. They do the things that Christians do, but they're not Christians. They sneak into assemblies often unnoticed. Jude 4, 5, and 6 talk about that. Staying with apostates, they have a faith, but it's a faith that's always ultimately shrinking back. It's not a saving, working faith. It's a situational faith. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39 on that. Still with apostates, they temporarily have the appearance of being right with God, but with time, their unbroken ties to Satan are revealed. Simon the sorcerer in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 to 23, he looked like he was the real thing. But he wanted, to buy, he wanted to buy the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's power to have personal profit and gain by doing the works of the apostles, not for the glory of God, but for the lining of Simon the sorcerer's pockets. Staying with apostates, they have lives that can look spiritually impressive until you notice the contradiction between what they say and what they do. 
the two don't line up, and eventually that becomes evident. This thing of being an apostate is a serious thing. And so I ask you a rhetorical question. Was Judas Iscariot apostate? Well, I've gone through the biblical qualities of an apostate. I'll let you be the judge of that. Was Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus Christ, an apostate? I'll let you determine that based on on Scripture. But what I do want to do is go to a New Testament commentary on Old Testament history on the ancient nation of Israel and what God had Paul write in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 10, 11 to 12. And I'm taking us to that passage because the nation of Israel that's being referenced in this New Testament reading, they were mostly all apostates. They didn't have a saving faith in Yahweh, Jehovah God. They were just going along for the ride. And this is what the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 says about it, 1 to 12. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased for they were laid low in the wilderness. I'll interject, that is they were buried dead bodies in the sand. They were laid low in the wilderness, going on. Now, these things happened as examples for us so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. And do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and to stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And so 1 Corinthians 10 1 through 12 is a inspired commentary explanation on what was going on in the Old Testament nation of Israel before they entered the promised land. And will you notice with me that most of that generation, according to what 1 Corinthians 10 says, most of them were apostates. They got out of Egypt, but Egypt never got out of them. They weren't by faith trusting the living God for salvation. And so what did it look like? They craved evil things, according to verse 6. They worshipped idols, according to verse 7. They lived immoral lives, according to verse 8. They questioned the Lord because they doubted the Lord. That's verse 9. And they grumbled, verse 10. These were the identifying factors of apostates in the ancient camp of Israel before getting into the promised land. And so overall, these Old Testament Jewish apostates, they enjoyed certain freedoms because they were lumped in with those Jews who did have genuine saving faith in God. But they sinned with their freedoms because they used their freedoms to please themselves and not the true and holy God. 
So let's review. Apostates fall away from the truth, fall away from the gospel, fall away from salvation in Christ, which they only know about, but they fall away personally unconverted. You can look at it this way. When we were vaccinated, the doctor scratched our skin and applied a little bit of the germs for the illnesses from which he was trying to spare us. A tiny bit of the problem became the solution for those diseases in the vaccination. In the case of the apostate, he or she has been vaccinated with only a little bit of the truth For instance, the apostate comes regularly to church, listens to the truth of the gospel, blends right in like a chameleon, but knows only some things vicariously. He only knows some things through the belief of others around him in the church. And thus, the apostate remains unsaved, unconverted, not yet a Christian. And in effect, hearing without personally believing vaccinates the apostate from trusting Christ alone for salvation from sin. And just like the medical vaccination is the example of the bad keeping you from the total bad, a spiritual vaccination is a sample of the good, a little bit of the good, keeping you from the total good of salvation by grace through faith. And that's the sorry, sad, dangerous condition of someone that God calls an apostate. Look at verse 4, if you would, with me. Here in this verse, we see the language of spiritual vaccination. I'm rereading verse 4. For in the case of those who have been once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit... Let me stop there. There's some language in that verse that we need to consider. The word enlightened, that is, they were enlightened with respect to their minds, but not with respect to their spirits that were dead in sin. They were not regenerate in conversion. They were enlightened in what they knew. They were not enlightened in what they believed. The next word is tasted. They, the, path, the apostate chewed without swallowing. The apostate had spiritual bulimia. Apostates chew on the word of God briefly, but then they spit it out. Other language in verse 4, made partakers. This is like wedding guests. Uh, everybody who uh, is invited to the wedding Uh, usually comes to the wedding, and they watch a wedding go on all around them, but as singles, they can leave the wedding ceremony still unmarried. They can get that close to two people getting married, but they themselves don't get married. And then again, the term tasted comes again in verse 4, so it's twice tasted as mentioned. And again, it's they, they chew on biblical truth, but they don't swallow it. They spit it out. They have spiritual bulimia. And now staying with verse 4 and adding to it verse 5, I'll read them. And in the case of those who have 
once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift, have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, verse 5, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Apostates consciously experience some things, but only momentarily and only vicariously. Vicariously is a fancy word to say they experience only by virtue of what someone they know experiences. I wanted to be a professional hockey player as a Canadian. All Canadian boys pretty much do. My friend John Anderson became a professional hockey player and played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I lived my dream to be a professional hockey player through my best friend John Anderson vicariously. Apostates experience some of what is involved in being saved, but only through someone else's true experience of it. It's not their personal experience of it. They've spit it out chewed it up and spit it out. They've fallen away from it. They've walked away from it to USC to try to dissuade Christian students at the University of Southern California from being believers in Jesus Christ. And so the verse, these two verses, four and five, reference the heavenly gift. Well, that's the Holy Spirit's working of justification. We see that in verse four. Or the good word of God. That's the Holy Spirit's work of inspiration. That's in verse 5. Or the powers of the age to come. That's the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification. I see that phrase also in verse 5. So here's what it's like. Just like hanging around a law office and learning legal jargon, terminology, even statutes, precedents in court histories, just like none of that makes you a lawyer, walking into a church like this, walking into a home Bible study, doing Christian things doesn't make you a Christian. And if you aren't really a Christian, there's a high percentage that you'll walk away from those who are truly Christians because they convict you the authenticity of their relationship with Jesus Christ bothers you if you've rejected that. And at some point, most prostates get tired of acting and playing a role, and they leave. They leave a church. They leave an offered salvation. And so in 1 John 2.19 is a Verses very clearly speaking to apostates. 1 John 2.19, they, the apostates, went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out in order that it might be shown that they all are not of us. You can walk away from a wedding unmarried. Let me summarize. What we've seen in these verses, Hebrews 6, 4 to 8, is first of all that the verses are not addressed to true, genuine Christians. They're addressed instead to apostates. And we've seen that apostates still exist today. And we've seen that apostates 
are persons with a knowledge of Christ, but without a saving faith in Christ. Apostates only have a situational faith. You know, if I get through this grave terminal illness, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Situational faith versus nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Apostates deliberately sin without any sorrow for doing so. The fact that you have sorrow for your sin and the fact that I have sorrow for my sin is evidence that we're really saved. Because an apostate can willfully, deliberately sin and have no sorrow for it. Apostates fake conversion for their own reasons, but they're eventually exposed. And they can sneak into assemblies for their own reasons. Apostates can be impressive until the contradiction between their words and their lives is revealed. And I'll (laughs) say what I think the conclusion you came to for yourselves is Judas Iscariot was an apostate. He wasn't trusting Jesus Christ for the remedy to his sins. He was trusting Jesus Christ for money. He was a treasurer. That was what he was about. So when they offered him enough money to betray Jesus, he took the money, not the Jesus. He was an apostate. Most apostates, most of those who came out of the Exodus, out of Egypt, were apostates. And they were buried in the sands of the, uh, the desert before the true believers in Israel got into the promised land. And apostates very often are spiritually vaccinated against salvation by being exposed to some of the good there is in Jesus Christ, but then they reject it. They chew it, and then they spit it out. They suffer from spiritual bulimia. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this warning about apostates. And Lord, Our prayer at the end of such a warning is twofold. We pray that none of us would become one because we know we are sitting without salvation in Christ playing a role. But Lord, may we understand that we may not have tomorrow, that today is the day of salvation. You know, Lord, I read of a Husband and a wife, flight attendants with American Airlines last week, working on the same flight. And the husband dropped dead of a heart attack in the air. None of us knows how long we have. He was 61 years old. Lord, if there would be any in the sound of my voice who has more head knowledge about Jesus than heart faith in Jesus, may they come to Christ in salvation today. And then, Lord, for those of us who are saved, we thank you for our salvation. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we would not be fooled by any apostate that may cross paths with us. Instead, Lord, we would desire what is true in Hebrews 5.14 that we would be mature and have the practice of having our senses trained to discern good and evil. 
Lord, we thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for the blessing that we each will have as we believe it, as we respond to it, and as we live for you. The real deal, the real McCoy, the genuinely transformed by the saving grace of Calvary. And we pray in Jesus' name, rejoicing always. Amen.